0: All right, fresh off a division win of the Seattle Seahawks, the uh, hill gets even steeper this week. Now Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are next coming off a great win over Carolina, and so this becomes a, a potential playoff preview once again here in Week 11. We say good evening to DeMarco Farr, to Maurice Jones-Drew. Gentlemen, how's your week been so far?
2: Uh, it's been phenomenal for me. Uh, I, th- I think as a as a Rams fan and as a – working for the organization, it was a great victory on Sunday, and then you kind of can see where you go from there on out.
0: DeMarco, kind of weird to have McVeigh in that postgame locker room at SoFi give the uh, see you Wednesday, <laughs> right. and then uh, Wednesday morning find out, well, maybe not, because for the first time, positive COVID test hits uh, Thousand Oaks, and that derailed the Rams' first practice day of the week. Work from home on Wednesday, back at it on Thursday. How much, if any, impact do you think that'll have on their preparation
3: I, I, look you got to get on the field and practice you got to rep it but I mean it's it, it affects everyone I mean as long as you don't lose your entire offensive line like the Raiders did hmm. uh you should be able to deal with it and be okay with it I mean most of this has been online anyway so the physical stuff you can I guess wait until Saturday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday to to, to get in but it's just a tough situation for everybody. I mean, I'm surprised it's lasted this long that you had your first COVID test. Yeah, You're I mean, COVID positive.
0: unlike the Raiders, they didn't lose their whole offensive line. They did lose their left tackle, and that's something we'll dig into on this edition of Rams All-Access. Uh, but first, I just want to kind of start with what this game means. 7-3 uh, and three, Tampa Bay, 6-3 Los Angeles. And I think it's one of those games that's kind of an inflection point in terms of what are you playing for the rest of the way. You win this one, and you might be able to make a run at not just the division, but a top seed and a bye. You drop this one, you come back home licking your wounds, and you really are playing to try and win the West.
2: Yeah, uh, again, in, in the National Football League, you want to play the best of the best, right? Uh, Tampa Bay has been crowned or touted as one of the best teams in the NFC uh, all year, right? From the time they signed Tom Brady and free agency and Gronk came out of retirement, it's like, oh my gosh, here comes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they've added more pieces to that point by then, and 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 talent wise and on paper, they are the top team, and they have up and down games. Though sometimes they'll play, you know, put up forty six like they did last week. Like that's what you expect out of this offense. Then other times they'll play the Saints and they'll give up three. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just a challenge to see where you are, uh, late in the year. And this is when me- football. We always talk about this. And Demarco, we've we've done it, talked about it a lot. Once Thanksgiving comes around, this is when football starts being played. Right. right? This is when the real games matter. So. This is the opportunity for the Rams to go out and kind of show the world what they can be on national television or separate themselves or get back in the pack and try to fight their way through it.
0: Here's why I think a tiebreaker over Tampa Bay could be critical at the end of the calendar year. Obviously, you want the one seed because it's the only buy available now. If not, winning the division gives you – a home game. And right. not only does it give you a home game, but knowing that the NFC East champion is going to be in the four seed, it's going to give you either the two or the three, which means you avoid whoever had that one seed and the bye in the next round if you're fortunate enough to win. Let's say that doesn't work out. Let's say the Rams can't win the West. You want the four, either Philadelphia or whoever that ends up being, right? Like that is the yeah. best available wild card game, which means you have to be the five to get the right to go play that quote-unquote NFC East champion by far will be the softest playoff team. Well, right now, Tampa Bay is in that position. They're the five, and the Rams, as it stands, are the six. If you beat Tampa Bay, you're giving yourself much better opportunities and and tiebreaker scenarios in the postseason where hopefully you're the one with a bye. If not, hopefully you're the West champion with a home game. But if you do have to hit the road— Go play that East champion. <laughs> that's no question. I know that was a long way to get where I was going, no. but that's that's how it shapes up this week. The only thing, though, about
2: that is, like, let's say, what if the Giants win? <laughs> and remember how tough of a game that was for the Rams with the, 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 with the Giants? That's
3: a legit D. Yeah, but would yeah, you rather
0: yeah. be going to New York to play the Giants a second time or, in all likelihood, facing Seattle or Arizona a for a third time? Because right now the West is getting three teams in. No the question. South is getting two, the North has become a one-team division, and the East is a one-team division.
3: I don't think I'd mind seeing Seattle twice, maybe but, three times. I don't know about Arizona because we haven't seen them up yeah. close yet. But Seattle, yeah. New York has a pretty good defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the,
0: so you're thinking, you're thinking more in terms of how do they specifically match up yes. with the Rams?
3: Yes. It's
2: all about matchups in the playoffs. That's all it's about. It doesn't matter what the record is. It, it, if you match up well with that team, nine out of ten times, you're going to win that game.
0: What about quarterbacks? Would you rather face Daniel Jones in his first?
3: Hey, that dude can run. They, that's, why, that's what's scary about it.
2: He's a running back. They're they're playing 11-on-11 11 11 football now. It's, we're not doing the, the – I don't uh, – and they're playing well. They're playing right. better. Yep. Like they, they're actually getting much better.
3: To answer your question, I'd rather face Daniel Jones than Russell Wilson. I'd rather face – Any day of the week, yeah. Well,
2: I, I'd rather face Carson Wentz and company. <laughs> right. But I, but see, this is the thing, though, and I know we're a little – but. I would rather face Russell Wilson because I know we know what we can do against him. We're, yeah, we're confident. This is this isn't what happened last week. Just it's just not like oh this this is the first time. No, this has happened throughout the years since Sean McVay has been there. They've handled Russell Wilson. They've been in games with him even when he's played his best and they've lost. It's been by a field goal yeah. or by a drop touchdown. It's not as if you know like he's just dominated uh, the Rams and so. I would rather play that game cuz I know that opponent. It's like it's knowing that that enemy than going against the one you don't know, right? Like I know what you're going to do. Come on in. Like I'll take I'll go to Seattle and we'll we'll handle that.
0: It's an interesting time though and, I, and we're going to talk about the Bucks matchup with the Rams specifically a ton. So don't worry be patient with that. But one other big picture of thought is with Drew Brees going down, I do think it's an interesting opportunity to run up the standings because Green Bay, who knows what they're going to do? I mean, they right. might just go clinch that one seed and there's nothing you can do about it cuz you don't get any head to head with them. But you do get a chance to take on Tampa Bay, who's going to be the one of the two in the South. And then if New Orleans were to take a dent or two with Jameis at the helm rather than Drew Brees, maybe you are not just winning the West, but getting a 2 seed, and not even getting a home game, but getting a pretty favorable matchup or a favorable path to maybe the NFC Championship game.
2: Yeah, you could do that. The one team that that no one's really talking about that was on Monday night was the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, they're they're like,
0: uh uh-oh, they might get their next three as well.
2: Yeah, and and then they'll run. They already beat Green Bay in Green Bay, so you get them at home. Like that's another team. So it's the NFC. It's everything is so bunched up right now, and that's why this Tampa game is so important because you can really separate yourselves from the the pact if you do it everyone i want to say with well, everyone's three losses right
0: well yeah and, and minnesota is still two full games behind chicago is i guess a game and a half technically with their five wins but the Rams hold the head-to-head there right. so it's it's a pretty big cushion right now in terms of what separates the top seven even though i'm with you minnesota has a great path if they can keep ripping off some wins
3: dalvin cook for mvp you like him oh god remember alvin <laughs> camara him too <laughs> but put yeah. Dalvin Cook in that in that category no doubt
0: all right let's set the stage for uh this Rams Bucks matchup you just kind of give me the the thing that's top of mind before we dig too deep what's your big picture thought going to Raymond James Stadium side of this year's Super Bowl to face Tom Brady and the Bucks
2: you have to outrush the Bucks because you, have, you one it opens up your whole offense uh offense and then two it gives your defense rest you have to outrush the Bucks if you don't outrush them uh and i mean in attempts and yards right you need to get those attempts up in the 30s um and if 30 35 uh, i want to say the rams highest is what 39 or 42 maybe
0: for attempts this season Yeah, for
2: like you need to get up in those if you get up in there then you have an opportunity uh to go on the road to tampa and come out victorious
0: It kind of depends what the bucks do because two weeks ago they rushed an nfl (laughs) single game low five times for eight yards and then a week later at Carolina, a season best two ten on thirty seven carries, including a ninety eight yard rip by Rojo.
3: Well, I, I think um, of all the teams you faced this year, this is the best, most complete team. So hmm. I think we're going to find out exactly who the Rams are with this game. Right. I mean, Seattle, it's Russell Wilson was trying to do too much because of that defense. So they're an incomplete team, and they're missing their running backs. Uh, just go through the teams that they've beaten or lost to. There, there's always been some some sort of issue. This team is loaded on both sides of the football, and they're well-coached. So, if this defense is going to be championship level, talking about the Rams defense, then you're going to have to see it on Monday night because this is an offense that can light up the scoreboard. And defensively speaking, they don't give up anything easy. I mean, you just can't hand it off and and run off six yards of carry on this defense. So, you're going to have to earn every single thing you get. So, we're going to find out exactly who the Rams are on Monday night.
0: That's a good point. There doesn't seem to be a, a deficiency even in, the, even in teams, they kick it well. Uh, they put A.B. back there on punt return. so They got weapons in the return game. And then, yeah, they've taken uh, their lumps against the Saints. But you subtract those two games out, and this might be the best team in the NFC. So one bad matchup against a division rival, kind of like Maurice and, talks about with how the Rams play the West. Um,
2: they lost to the Bears,
3: though. The Bears are funny, though. The, the Bears <laughs> – like, They're yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird football think, team.
0: And think – the Bears were in a different place then, and their defense, I think, is uniquely equipped to give Tom Brady problems.
2: Oh, and that's what I think. I think if you run the ball and you force them to – you force Tom to have to – you, you want to put pressure on Tom. In order. In every situation where Tom has lost, if you look at the Super Bowl when he lost with the, against the Eagles, the Eagles put – they were score for score. Score for score. And then Tom started to feel that pressure, similar to what Russell Wilson felt felt last week. Like, I have to score every time I'm out there, and then guess what? That allows your defense to get after him. I just think that
3: that's how you have to beat them.
0: What would you say uh, on Monday night, DeMarco, that the Rams should have had a dozen sacks of Russell Wilson?
3: If it's not Russell Wilson, that's a 12-sack game.
0: Well, this guy isn't Russell Wilson in that regard right. in two ways. One, he doesn't have the escapability, but he's also – not going to hang on to it longer than he needs to
3: it's coming out fast so I just typically I I wonder what the game plan is going to be and what Brandon Staley is going to roll out there for the first couple of drives just to fool Tom Brady if you can and then roll into doing what you want to do that game but I mean this if you win just like Russell Wilson if you win if you're Aaron Donald and you win quickly you may not touch him because he's gone if you win fast versus Brady you may not be able to touch him because the ball's gone Mm -hmm. so it's the same sort of guy but I think a four-man rush or the rushes you got on Russell Wilson will be more productive against Brady. You may actually you may actually get hits on him this week.
0: But Maurice, you've said already uh, to me this morning that Brady with McDaniel's in New England is a different look than Completely Brady with right. Byron Lefwich and Bruce Arians and trying to get vertical with his weapons in Tampa. Yeah, Bay. he
2: holds the ball a little bit longer, and and it's you know it, it's so funny because playing against Tom Brady, I remember talking to our defenders, and they're they're like. Yo, like we can't even get to him. Like it's like it's hard to even play tag with him. Like get up and put it there, put your hand because the ball comes out so quick. And Demarco, I know you played against him as well. Um, But now it seems like he's holding it there because they're throwing the ball down the field more. I want to say like they don't run quick game as much. They're not option routes and things like that. It's literally like twelve to fifteen yards down the field is where they're trying to attack off a play action pass or just straight drop back. And so Bruce Arians is confident enough in his offensive line to say, look. We're not helping you. You got to go do your thing. You got to match up, right? Yeah. And if that's the case, that means Leonard Floyd, you better show up cuz you have a great opportunity to rush against a rookie, right? Or uh, Terrell Lewis, you have to you have to show up cuz Aaron Donald is going to get the coverage that we saw the, the the triple the triple team, right? Like these other the, guys got to center win. guard
0: tackle, triple yeah, team. Yeah. Why
2: not? But you have to show up and if that's the case, Everyone else has to make plays because you're going to get a chance to rush and you're not going to blitz Tom Brady.
0: Coming up on Rams All Access, one week after completely taken away DK Metcalf, what role will Jalen Ramsey play against the versatile weapons of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? But coming up next... Is it time for the Rams' offense to arrive? They've proven that they can be elite on defense. Where is the 30, 35, 40-point breakout performance for Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and this offense? We'll hear from the head coach on the other side. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons.
1: I'm not going to apologize for having high standards for our guys. I think they expect it. You never minimize and take away from the appreciation of of winning a football game, a tough division game against a great opponent. But I know we can play better. I expect us to play better, and I refuse to believe that we won't as we move forward.
0: That was head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, on the Coach McVay Show Monday night here on 710 ESPN. Back with DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones, Drew. I'm J.B. Long. Uh, Look, I think the Rams have proven that they are a championship-worthy team on defense. I think the potential there is on offense. Uh, They are the best rushing attack in the National Football League. Their passing game has been lacking. And most importantly, their point production hasn't come up to their level of being able to collect first downs and, and chunk plays and move the football. And so the question becomes in the back half of this schedule, can they become an offense that gets to 30 points per game, something they haven't done since they won in Washington. If so, you've got more than just a West champion. You've got a real NFC contender. But for some reason, DeMarco, McVeigh, and Goff haven't been able to capture that in several weeks. Well,
3: you know, it's personally their fault. Um, and I would also give some heat to the defense for not taking the ball away enough you know, setting them up in in scoring territory so you can get those easy points for Jared Goff and the offense, especially when they're struggling to find their footing, so to speak. But yeah, I think the offense can be better. Uh, I think some of those plays were there for scoring plays that just wound up at the one, at the two uh, because of ball placement or what have you. So there's still potential out there. <clears throat> and I love the fact that Sean McVay will never give up the ghost and say, hey, look, I'm just going to play field position and play defense. Uh, which is what a lot of people are screaming for right now. I think there is more f- potential in this offense and more that he sees. So I think there's still something left for Jared Goff. There's still a lot of improvement there. If he improves, I think the offense improves. If, if the offense improves, he'll get what he wants, 30 to 35 points a game.
0: Hmm. You know, they came out well and they scored against Seattle, and it looked like it was going to turn into a Reno football game. I think a few things changed. One, uh, when they got Russell Wilson's eyes down, which is hard to do, and when McVeigh got a sense for, hey, we're up two scores now and we don't feel like our defense is going to give up this lead, they played it a little bit differently in that fourth quarter, and I think rightfully so. Um, and then the other thing I'll point to is the kicking game. You know, if, if they're at 24 points per game, 25 points per game, and not getting to 30, 32 like they should be, a portion of that is missing a field goal or an extra point or two per game. Like if you just finish more drives in the red zone but also put it through the uprights, Without changing anything else, you are a twenty-eight to thirty-point per game offense. Now they try Matt Gay uh, this week, former Buccaneer, third kicker of the season. We'll see whether or not that improves their kickoffs, their place kicking, their extra points. Um, but that's apart and aside from what else we're talking about with how can how can Goff and McVeigh really put the nail in the coffin, finish games, and, and get that last touchdown drive that puts teams out of reach. Uh,
2: it, it's hard because. There, there have been times throughout the course of this season where we've seen this running attack just go bananas. And the only thing that stops it is the empty set, right? Opportunity.
1: And, and, and is, opportunity it's going yeah, away from it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: and so I think what we saw um, again in, against Buffalo and what we saw last week was the ability to run the ball and how we, we're, not, we're not seeing as much bootleg or that waggle where the quarterback's coming out of the backside of the run we're not we're not seeing as much as that was we used to in the past. And we didn't I, even
0: see the jet sweep until yeah. Robert Woods did it late.
2: Right. And so you know, we're not seeing some of the, the 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 plays and the the things that have gotten the ramp to that 30 points, right? Let's 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 all let's go back to when McVay verse, first got here. It was outside zone. There was the fly sweep action uh with Tavon Austin, and then it was the bootleg off of it. And those three concepts are what was scoring a ton of points, right? The whole Jared would fake the dive to Todd Gurley, whip around and throw it quick to Robert Woods or Cooper Cupper, or whoever it was right over the it middle of the field. got back to
0: that dig a couple of times last week. I like. Right. It.
2: We're starting to see him get back to those concepts. And, and I understand you don't want to run the same thing over and over again because teams are going to start to sit on it. But you have to have answers for that. And I think now is a time for the Rams to get back to those three or four conceptual things that they did offensively that was helping them score tons of points and get chunk yards because you're right. When you're scoring, when you're getting, when you're getting above 400 yards, you should be up in the 30 points, right? Cause oh, yeah, you're moving they're, they're the ball metrics, up and down. Their the...
0: metrics, their peers are getting 32, 33 points per game. Exactly. They're not achieving that. Um, and and I do think, you know, some design, some play selection pl- plays a role in that. But I also think your players need to execute. Like you need, right. oh, you no need question. more more accurate throws in crunch time from Jared Goff. You need Gerald Everett to break a tackle and get in the end zone. The red zone is where the
2: red zones where they struggled.
3: Who's your big play guy? It's Robert Woods right now. Okay, that's fair. I But mean, you, you haven't
0: been able to find him in big play situations in quite I mean. a while. I,
3: I think you're more New England than you know. I mean, this is a product of manufacturing big plays, not just having a big play type guy. So yeah. that definitely affects your red zone. Um, so if you can't throw it, you got to run through it. Right. And who's your big play running back? Well, you have a three-headed monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there are a lot of things still working themselves out. Uh, but about to your point on special teams – Place kicking, I've got no answer. That's between you and the special teams yeah. coach. But kick off when you need to go cover a kick? Now, mm. Maurice, I say this with love. You need more Prop 48s out there. No question. <laughs> you know what I'm you, saying? Hey, listen, I'm not mad at that.
2: I'm not mad at that at all. You. The funny thing is, and, and it, it's uh, um, it, it takes me back to the first playoff game we had in Los Angeles against the Falcons. Oh, and yeah. If you remember that game. Atlanta on kickoff dogs they were flying down (laughs) hitting everything and it was like a shock to the Rams like oh my gosh like you're really trying to run down and make a tackle on kickoff like yeah that your mindset has to change in that aspect and you have to get more and I'm and I'm gonna say this you have to get more defensive players out
3: there go back and look at the one where Forbath got hurt the one that broke right he got hurt because he had to make the tackle look at the way that guy brought that thing out of the end zone he was running harder than the kickoff unit. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Right. So that's how you have to meet that intensity. So, uh, look, it's – it's. I don't care what type of defense you have. If you set up on the 50 at least three times a game because of special teams, that's your numbers tough. are going to drop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Seattle had returned to the 32, 33, and 47-yard lines last week. Look, eventually your defense is going to give up a second-half touchdown. You have to prevent opportunities like that in the other phase of the game and give them some help on offense. Uh to give them some margin for error, which right now they do not seem to have. Now, I will say the defense has yet to score, right? We're going into week 11. You yeah. haven't got free points from your defense Thanks, yet. Thanks,
3: Leonard Floyd. For being offside <laughs> on the D-Will pick six, yes.
0: Um, and, and and again, we've, we've pointed to the kicking game being the culprit. But let's get back to what the offense itself can do and now having to do it in an environment where you might be losing a Jenga piece in Andrew Whitworth.
2: So, but, so let me say this. Let's remember they drafted Joseph Nobum as a left tackle
3: yeah. of the future. Of the future, so
2: mm-hmm. that was what two or three years ago. And I, I know we're like, I didn't yeah. think
3: Witt would be playing this long. No, to
2: no, be honest. Yeah. So
0: we, you,
3: Mrs. Whitworth didn't think exactly. That <laughs> <was> right. right. <laughs> so you're, you're playing
2: with you were playing with house money. So now you're in a situation where I think it may be. I don't know. Again, I don't know how he's just going to be able to just drop back and go against like a Chandler Jones. But guess what? He's not playing. Right. I don't know if he's going to be able to just drop back and go. Now, and don't get me wrong, Tampa Bay has some really good. Pass rushers, but they're not um, great guys.
3: What do you think? I mean, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. Yeah, I but this year he's rushers. struggling. Though. Yeah. He's
2: struggling this year. He's not rushing the same way as he pre- was last year. A lot of
3: pressure is no sacks. Yes. So JP. he's not getting sacks, but he's getting to the quarterback. JPP is yeah. balling. Getting to the quarterback. Yeah, but, same but, they're, way. Not, yeah, but yeah. they're
2: not – they're not like – last year he was finishing the deal. So this is a great opportunity, a great test to see if no booms a guy. But this is what you drafted him yeah. for. And so as a, as, a, as, a, as a guy that like eventually maybe when I'm like 100 years old I want to be a GM – um, if I draft a guy for a position and we finally get an opportunity to put him there, I'm excited because we scouted this young man. We figured him out. We had him playing out of position for the last couple of years. Now I get a chance to see, okay, do we, are our eyes really right? Are our eyes right? We drafted this young man to come in and replace. And you know what? He did well. He did well. The first play was awesome. You stack everyone over on the left side. Like, we're going to give him help. We're going to run at him. And you, Two run ends left and yeah, you run away. You run a week and you, you get a big gain. But then after, you have to settle in. And as the Rams started to settle in, he did as well. And he wasn't – granted, again, you're going against Seattle, who struggles to get the quarterback, but he was holding his own. And that's what you that's what you yeah. like to see. I
3: always thought when he was playing guard, he was a tackle playing guard. That's it. Right. I mean, I've seen that before. It just – sometimes it doesn't really pan out. But at tackle, I think he's going to settle in just fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think the silver lining is by the end of this calendar year, you'll know whether or not Andrew Whitworth's replacement is Joe Nopum. You'll know from Fair. their sample size, and you can act accordingly this offseason and moving forward whether or not Witt continues as a ram beyond this year.
2: And the other thing is this, and it's is not a knock on uh, Whitworth because as you get older, you lose strength, but when you run to the left, he rarely removes that defensive end out. He kind of opens the door and lets him go up the field. You may get some a little bit of more removal.
0: I do think that's interesting. From is that guy is that there side. anything McVay can do in terms of del- design and selection with a younger, more athletic Joe Noteboom than what he was – accounting for you can move people now with yeah, a yeah. soon-to-be 39 year old andrew Witt. that that'll be fun to watch on, on monday night can i give you reason?
3: not to say that wit can't move people no 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 he does he yeah. does
2: phenomenal when it's away Right, like he's one. Like again, when the run's he's away the from master him, master
3: of the booty block. Yo, he yeah. does it. But <laughs> I'm when, serious. But he puts when that butt onion, it's done. But yeah. when,
2: when you're running to him, and, I, and I've, t- I've talked about this a ton, it's hard for a runner because as soon as that left tackle opens the gate, he restricts the hole. So now my my course has to be tightened down, and then you allow the backside to get to you. And that again, that's just he's setting that up for pass plays and different things. And he deserves the right because he's been playing a long time. But now I question like. Maybe you see more runs to the left instead of those big runs breaking out of the right.
0: I hear what you're saying in that you drafted him three years ago for this moment, for this opportunity. He's a third-round pick, and he was the guy that you saw as the heir apparent. So it is, it is time to find out, and there's reason to be optimistic. But there's plenty of reason for pessimism, too, and I'll give you two examples from around the league. This season, Tennessee, the Titans lost Taylor Lewan to a ACL. They were averaging 30 points per game, and there were 4-0 and at that point in the season. They're two and three since, and they're getting twenty five a game.
3: Wow! Yeah, who'd they plug in? You know, uh,
2: I I don't know the name, but they don't run. Oh, look! Yeah, go ahead. They don't run to the le- yeah, yeah. the
0: left the way they used to. Here's the other one that's yeah. making headlines around the league. Everyone feels like Lamar and Baltimore have been figured out. Well, the untold story there is Ronnie Staley gets his big contract and then breaks his ankle in the first quarter of their next game. They were getting thirty per contest and they were five and one before that happened. Now they're one and two since, and they're averaging fewer than twenty-two points per game. So, would I be wrong to say instead of the Rams getting up to thirty and thirty-two points per game like we were just talking about? What if it goes the other way well, without Andrew Whitworth?
2: I'll say I'll say the reason why Baltimore happened is you had to remove your right tackle who was destroying people Brown, and you, um, and you have to move him to the left. So now you've lost two spots where the Rams really just lost one if that makes sense right you don't have your right tackle now moving left put a new guy right now you really you just had a guy that hadn't played in the last couple weeks uh because uh david edwards was playing so well at hmm. left guard you just be able to plug him there left so you're not missing two guys that's baltimore uh tennessee is just they've been ravished. their offensive line
0: tyson Simbralo is that guy
2: Simbralo, by the way. Yeah, yeah
3: yeah okay go ahead
2: i mean there it's just, it's that's a big drop off
0: and for uh, Baltimore they took Orlando Brown Jr from right to left.
2: Yeah, they moved him to the okay. left and then they Position put someone else so you yeah. so you miss you end up losing two spots in that situation, right? Cuz this guy has played right the last year and a half. Right, And now you move him over to the left and it's, it's And
3: and this offense might be the most offensive line friendly oh. offense in the league. You know what I mean? It, they're not asking you to drop back and just protect against one guy the whole game.
0: Didn't Orlando Pace tell
3: you that? Absolutely. I mean, you're screening one way, you're your zone blocking, it's a, a little easier to play here the than someplace else. First
0: play of the game.
2: What did McVay do against the Seahawks? Oh, you guys would think you want to go zero. Now, route here to goes go. an answer.
3: Yeah, There yeah.
2: you go. Now, and, let's then, see the, what and go. then
0: the orbit screen to Robert Woods going the other way. Right. Just, just to show from that opening drive, even if it doesn't work out and we go three and out and punt, these are things you're going to have to account for. Yeah. And, and we did our homework this week. This is right. funny.
3: It, it, I, I, don't know if this offensive line is like Philly's offensive line under under Chip Kelly, as if they can only play for him. You know what I mean? They can only play in that right. offense. That's <laughs> how they're built. So I, I wonder if this offensive line is kind of the same. You know, can, yeah. can you move from this place to another place and be a power offensive line? I, th- I think
2: there's certain teams, and, and you have to think of the branches, right? The tree, right? The Shanahan tree. McVay comes out of that. Kyle Shanahan comes out of that. Gary Kubiak in Minnesota. You, these guys can play those type of systems because they're right. not really downhill. Even as good as the Niners are, they're not a downhill running team. They're an outside zone running team. They just do a great job uh, of getting after people. So I, I, I think if they stay within that tree – they can probably switch right. around. But there's no way Good that you're swapping. taking a, a, yeah. a Rams <laughs> offensive lineman and put them in in Baltimore. That ain't working. That ain't what, what they're right. trying to do, right? <laughs> I mean, I think their fullback –
0: in Baltimore weighs more
2: than uh, the Rams' offensive linemen. So. Someday
3: you're going to have McGlinchey. <laughs> right, right. Exactly.
0: Speaking of offensive lines, it's been a cause for concern in Tampa Bay, but with Ali Marpet potentially coming mm. back this week, how will that impact the matchup with the Rams? We'll go four-down territory and ask someone who covers the Bucks next on Rams All Access. You're listening to 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to this week 11 edition of Rams All Access. J.B. Long, Maurice Jones, Drew and DeMarco Far will be back momentarily. This is four-down territory, though. We go inside opponent's territory, as we do every week on this show. T.J. Reeves is the Bucs sideline guy. My friend from Tampa Bay, our producer Mike Pearson's friend, uh, from years gone by as well so it's good to have a little reunion here sorry TJ we won't get to see you at Raymond James this Monday night uh, but nonetheless should be a good one let's start with this what was more impressive to you last week the points that the Bucks put up on offense in Carolina or the way they suffocated the Panthers with their second half defense
1: well I think the defense is the thing that most Bucks fans were looking for after what Drew Brees did last week uh the previous game to them and being behind 31 nothing and not being able to get off the field etc you know that Tom Brady's going to be able to make plays and that game was an aberration of not being able to score but this team had been much better on defense before that New Orleans game so it was good to see getting it back
0: so the Saints have had the Bucs number, right? The Rams have not been able to beat Tom Brady basically, you know, since the first time he met them as a starter. If you were to borrow one thing from the Saints' approach and give it to Sean McVay and the Rams this Monday night, what would that be?
1: I think the one, the one thing that has constantly bothered Brady later in his career and the Saints' recipe even previous years was putting pressure with the front seven on the quarterback. Constant knockdowns constant harassment, if not sacks, and that, and that truly bothered him in both games. And you can understand the first game because you had had no preseason and, and a, a bizarre offseason of trying to get work in, but the Buccaneer offense was rolling along going back to that Sunday night game two weeks ago, and the Saints just bullied, for lack of a better word, the Buccaneer offensive line and harassed him, knocked him down, made him uncomfortable, errant throws uh even even when someone wasn't knocking him down he rushed he threw behind guys over guys that's the that's the recipe if you can make it happen to make things difficult for the bucks
0: We're talking with tj reeves here on four down territory he covers the bucks as part of their radio team so let's zoom in on that offensive line then i was going to ask kind of big picture injury concerns going into week 11 and monday night football where are they up front
1: Biggest story uh, for the last two weeks has been the left guard, Ali Marpet, who's one of the more underrated guards in the NFL, probably a Pro Bowl caliber guard. He's been out with a concussion, did not get out of concussion protocol uh, for the Panthers game, so he missed a second straight game, and the Bucks moved their center, Ryan Jensen, to left guard next to Donovan Smith and put a new center, A.Q. Shipley, a reserve, into play center for that game, and they were much better against Carolina. Now, again, Carolina's front four and the blitz pickup and stuff was not, it was not the same as the saints games. So you got to compare apples to apples on that. And Oh, by the way, Godzilla is coming. We know full <laughs> well about number 99, Aaron Donald. So whether Marpet is back in there by the time we get to all the injury reports on Monday night or not, at least they were better with Ryan Jensen next to Donovan Smith. And we should point out all things being equal, if it's Jensen, Marpet, and Donovan Smith in that, in that order, center, left guard, left tackle. They did a great job on Aaron Donald in the game last year at the Coliseum and keeping him quiet. That, that is a key situation for the Bucs. their injured offensive line and matching up against 99 in Rams colors.
0: All right, so there's this perception uh, of so many mouths to feed right now in Tampa Bay, and TJ, we just came off a game against the Seattle Seahawks that have a great receiving core, led by DK Metcalf. Jalen Ramsey took him away. They still had Lockett and more. And, and now we see the Buccaneers, and it seems like they got much the same, uh, especially having seen them up close at the Coliseum. We know how capable they are. If you were advising Brandon Staley, Ram's defensive coordinator, where would you stick Jalen Ramsey to try and minimize the impact of this talented core?
1: I don't know that he needs my help, but I think he's going to put him on Mike Evans for a lot of the time. That's the suspicion. Then again, uh, he may run some with Antonio Brown in this game, and you're absolutely right. It is pick your poison because Chris Godwin is back and healthy and was a 1,000-yard receiver last year, and you cannot double-team all of these guys, including Rob Gronkowski. Uh, who is showing flashes of what he did in New England. Is is Gronk the same Gronk that he was even three or four years ago? No. But can he still get downfield and get open and catch key third downs and catch balls in the red zone? Yes, he can. And so we keep hearing so much about Jalen Ramsey going to lock down a receiver, whether it's Evans or Brown. Well, you can't lock them all down. One guy can't lock them all down. So it will be a big challenge with all the weapons that the Buccaneers have to roll out for tom brady it is no coincidence that he has repeatedly thrown for 300 yards three or four touchdowns in game after game after game with all those weapons jb
0: tj last thing we're going beyond the four question limit sorry for breaking the rules but i just have to get some tampa bay flavor on Jameis winston starting for the saints this week against the atlanta falcons
1: twinkie twilight zone because you know that as part of my roles i've been interviewing him pregame and post-game for the last five years. I also used to do Raheem Morris' pregame and post-game interviews and radio show. So this is truly TJ, Twinkie, Twilight Zone, Buccaneer fan, Twilight Zone, that you've got Winston at the helm of the Saints a year removed from being in Tampa Bay against Raheem Morris's Atlanta Falcons with Raheem making a bid to be the head coach maybe permanently in atlanta so it's going to be wild right now and uh and the way the saints own the box for those two games everybody wrote tampa bay off for the division so now if the saints start to falter with breeze out of there the division may back be back in play we'll see what happens there and i'm looking forward to monday night this should be a fantastic matchup with the rams jb
0: we think we've got it wild out west the nfc south is no joke either tj good catching up with you uh have a great call on monday night i hope it lives up to its billing
1: you as well. I'm disappointed that we don't get to see each other in this bizarre 2020 year, but we do just have to take account of the fact that we are working. We're getting to work these games. It's a lot of fun uh, to be involved, uh, to be involved and be around all of the action. And again, all things being equal, we think this will be a good one on Monday night. Great to be with you.
0: Now, let's bring Demarco and MJD back into the mix. You know, I was thinking, driving in today, this could be the last shot you get against Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's going to retire after this year. He may play another year or two but in terms of future scheduling this is the last one you're guaranteed against the GOAT and let's face it Tom Brady has tormented the Rams franchise unlike any other quarterback Rams have only got him once he's taken two championships away from them so as they go to Tampa Bay to play Monday Night Football site of this year's Super Bowl if you want some get back better get it now this could be it Could be the last time you see him.
2: Well, and I think this is a great opportunity, too, because this is not the same offense that you face in the Super Bowl, right, Um, where the defense was playing lights out majority of that game and you give up that one big play to Gronk. This is a completely different offense that's trying to get the ball down the field. So Aaron Donald is going to show up in this game a ton where he – you know, they took him out uh, in in that Super Bowl game. So at the end of the day, Tom is still Tom, but he's not connecting on every throw like he did – during that, during those years, it's like he's missing throws right now. And if you're in your in position, you have a chance to get an interception and this change is, the
3: game. This is funny. The, the Most of the talk has been about his arm strength. And when I see him miss, he's missing long. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's missing. That he's, go to AB last he's week. He's overthrowing yeah. guys. So I think that's wrong. But I personally have never seen Tom Brady lose. Really, I've never seen him, when when we've been in the same environment, I've never seen him lose. Me either. So if this is the last opportunity, yeah, I hope you get one here, but easier said than done. And another thing about AD, right? Uh, Is it a physical thing, or did he get yanked? You know, because I do know Brandon Staley, this coordinator, is a little more close to the vest as far as freelancing goes. I saw him do a lot more freelancing versus Seattle. And I saw him do a lot more sitting on the bench than ever before. So
0: that more than having Ashawn Robinson available is uh, responsible for his play count being in the
3: 40s? Could. I don't know. Or maybe they're saving him for Monday night, but this is a defense that is all about accountability and Hmm. for everyone. So if you're charged with the B-gap, stay in the B-gap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care who you are. Interesting. Oh. Hmm. so we'll see i mean look he's your best weapon he's your best weapon your best player by far but accountability means more than just one guy
0: he does not have a sack against tom brady and sean mcveigh has beaten every nfc opponent except for tampa bay
3: hmm.
0: few see. boxes to somebody's check o this week go. on monday night football somebody's oh must go <laughs> i like it uh, hey, Thursday Night Football right now, the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks, plus a check in on the state of the 49ers. We'll take our weekly trip around the NFC West when we continue on Rams All Access, 710. ESPN. Well, not that you would, but don't go anywhere on Monday Night Football because this matchup is not only two of the best defenses in the league, two of the most capable offenses. They're the two best second half teams in the NFL. The Rams are plus 70 in terms of scoring margin after the half, the Bucs plus 67. Uh, so should be intriguing to watch the third and fourth quarters after their coaches make their adjustments, and this is one that you would expect to go down to the wire, wouldn't you, gentlemen?
3: No doubt. Uh, I knew we'd see this guy again, talking about Ndamukong Sue Oh! I knew at some point we would see him again down the road. You sure didn't enough, think he
0: would uh, ride off into the sunset taking oh, no. that uh, scoop and score?
3: No, no, no. Not at all. And To I, the end zone at the Coliseum? When the he team. was here, he was great when he was paired with AD, and that was one of the best D tackle groups I'd ever seen and I think it's obvious he's not as good as Aaron fair enough but the guys that were trying to block him in practice are also still on this offensive line and they struggled so this will be a tough matchup run and pass with Sue and he's got an axe to grind that Why? is scary.
2: Why does he have an axe? Because he's
3: sue. He used to be here.
2: Yeah, but he he already scored on the Rams. He's already did his end zone uh, dance. Man. He's done everything. It's
0: on Monday night. It's a big game. He strikes me as a guy who carries thirty one axes. <laughs> right. <laughs> no question. Exactly right. What what is your lasting memory of that game? Like aside from uh, hey, let's probably not make Jared Goff throw it sixty eight times this time around. Like what what's your your comeback for what happened against the Bucks last year with they a different are, quarterback. It,
2: it's a different quarterback, but it's still the same Bucks offensive coordinator and head coach. They want to take shots down the field, and when they hit those shots, they can put up 50 points. Like That, is, that has always been Bruce Arians, even when he was in Pittsburgh, when he went to Indy and I played, played against him, when he was in Arizona. That is is—that is his forte. We want to run the ball, simple running game, and then play action shots. You have to find a way to get to the quarterback, one. And two, they're going to utilize Cameron Brake. That's the other guy we had, like, we, you rarely talk about because Gronk is getting a lot of love. Cameron Brake, if they can come out in two tight end sets, and let's remember when the Patriots had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, they, they took the league by storm, right? So you now you have that ability to do that. Big game um, for John Johnson. A huge game. He's going to have to cover one of them. No rap. No rap. Like, you're, you're, you have Fuller. He'll be the middle of the field guy. You you, you want to make your money. It's time to make it. Braid has
0: twenty nine career touchdowns to this season. Rob Gronkowski, after uh, going oh for the first five games of his career as a Buck, he's found his stride. He and Tom Brady are back in sync. Four touchdowns their last five
3: games. I don't think you can cover him. That's just being honest.
0: You can
2: cover
3: Gronk. I'm not I, sure I saw. If you can I cover, saw. I mean, all of their skill guys.
2: No. You, no. You have to play. You're going to have to. The thing. This is the one thing that I remember. And it, and it 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 baffles me that more more people don't do it. It's the match zone where you look like you're in man to man. Wade Phillips brought it in. They ran it a ton. It confuses every quarterback. It confuses Drew Brees. It confuses Tom Brady when he loses. That's how you get hits on him. If you can do that, if you run across a guy because they're going to do the motion and see if you run with him and you play zone, he's going to hold the ball for a tick. Hmm. That's the only way you can beat him. Right. Is getting to the quarterback. If he holds that ball, if he holds that ball and you can get to him, you have a great opportunity to win this game.
0: Well, as we speak tonight, let's take a look around the NFC West. Arizona, with a short turnaround to face the Seahawks, a matchup of six and three teams atop the West with the Rams. Is there a rooting interest here, gentlemen? Seattle. Because
3: you're rooting for Seattle to win. You're rooting for Seattle to win. To win. Okay. Cool, off,
0: cool off, Kyler. It,
3: it, it, to be honest,
0: because you already got I, the head to head. Yeah, you
2: already have the head to head. I don't even think, like I told you guys before, this is the this is the one game down the stretch that I'm I'm concerned about. Um, the other teams, you match up perfectly with them in the, with the, in the Rams' favor. So uh, I think Arizona plays a game that matches the Rams, both offensively and defensively. We saw what the Rams did to Seattle. And then you have the Jets uh, and the Patriots and a banged-up Niners team.
0: Yeah, but here's the schedule, and it features some of those same teams for Seattle. And here's the reason why I think you might want Arizona to get them tonight. At Philadelphia, home to the Giants, home to the Jets, at Washington. Before the Rams face him again, yeah, they're going to be heavily favored I'm in all, all those games.
3: I, I, I vote for anything that puts more distance between you and Seattle. I mean, Seattle is just your rival. So
0: you're trusting Russell over Kyler. Yeah. You'll take your chances with.
3: And I trust McVay versus Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, any distance I can get between Russell Wilson and a playoff spot or a championship
0: great well I trust McVay against both of them we talked about this last week in preparation from the Seahawks you're a Cooper cup drop in the end zone the first Mm -hmm. time you faced him in 2017 and a Greg Zerline 44 yarder away from being undefeated yeah in the middle of year four against two of your division rivals Arizona who's never beaten McVay and the Seattle Seahawks
3: and you're one Aaron Donald pressure away from Darius Williams giving up a touchdown on the go route
0: you see what I'm saying yeah it cuts both
3: ways yeah that's what I mean I mean Russell Wilson is a guy that if you're not getting max pressure on him he can kill you you know what i mean
0: that was the worst game i've ever seen him play
3: by far the yeah. the one
2: where he scrambled and threw it back across yeah. i don't know whoa I, I, i'll tell you this much yeah that was that was bad what was but, that yeah but the 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 42 to 7 game russell wilson played horrible. remember he was getting sacked and he threw the ball like 10 yards yeah. behind him like <laughs> yeah. he just, he's played he's had some historically bad games against the rams is because
0: i think that was more aaron Donald driving that bus than it was russell wilson caving i he was out of sorts when he didn't need to be. He was not choosing this DK. last. This last game, yes, yeah, he yeah. was not choosing well, DK when he could have.
2: Well, that's because this is the problem. When a quarterback, we were we were talking about, when you see ghost, you you start to believe like, oh, oh, yeah.
0: I've been hit by this difference. guy
2: a couple times. Like, I need to get the ball out quicker. Yeah. I need to be looking to run and extend the play.
0: Maybe that's where the game you're talking about. The Rams beat him physically. I've never seen him beat mentally yeah. like well, that before.
3: I've never seen a defense that bad in a long time that too. i mean if really think about this remove jamal adams from that defense remove that playmaking from that defense and what do you have you got a bunch of guys really at this point in seattle That's, oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're,
2: they're they're drafting and their their ability to to recognize talent has fallen especially up front yeah, yeah.
3: I, I feel bad for ken norton jr i really do <laughs> better find some pass rushers Oh, it was
0: never their scheme, right? It was their personnel. They always. Let, they it's let always their been personnel. That. Well, win and when the personnel takes a step back, especially when it was banged up without top two corners, like we saw last week, uh, it definitely, definitely makes a difference. All right, we'll see where the Rams are in that NFC West picture the next time we speak after this Thursday night outcome, and when we catch up with you Monday night football prime time, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, the Rams and the Buccaneers. Thank you for listening to Rams All Access on Seven Ten ESPN.